Alrighty, folks. This one I recorded with Brittany Williams. You guys may know her from prior episodes. She happens to be the wife of Tarek, uh, my regular recording partner. And, uh, yeah, but before she was Tarek's wife, uh, she happened to be my friend. And so me and Brittany kind of dive into, you know, her beginnings and her family and her, I don't even know, I don't think we really talk too, too much about, you know, her marriage and stuff. But, you know, we, we do discuss a little bit about her passions and her hobbies, um, traveling and volunteering and, and being part of, you know, one of the things she talks about is just being part of the community you're in. And uh, I think that's a really special thing. It actually reminds me a bit of my mom who has that same mentality a lot of the time. And so I think there's something to be said for young people who are dedicated to their communities, regardless of how small or how big they might be, and, and want to affect change in them for the better. And I, I think that's very present in Brittany's life, um, as well as obviously Tarek's life, but enough about him. Uh, I hope you guys really like this one. You know, Brittany's, uh, Brittany's a very fun person and, and I love any time that I'm able to have a conversation with her. Uh, she's always, you know, a, a good time. And so I hope you guys enjoy. weird are we recording already i just started don't worry okay we didn't get through all our fumbling with microphones and stuff (laughs) i'm just trying to i don't even know what this thing is but i'm gonna talk into it this weird muffler thing it's called a pop filter and what it's supposed Mm -hmm. to do is basically filter i believe it's to filter out the bass Mm. out of your voice so that you get like a cleaner sound Okay. Um, a lot of like musicians will use them when recording songs and stuff to try and get any like really low tones out of their voice, unless that's what they're like known for, right? Right. But so naturally, yeah. we need it. <laughs> yeah, clearly with Tarek's really deep voice that he has. <laughs> I actually remember when I first met him, being surprised of his voice. I don't know. That it was I like think I higher or lower or what? I ex- I expected it to be lower. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me. Well, he's going to listen to this, so. Yeah, here's hoping, right? That's so good. <laughs> yeah, I remember being genuinely like, huh, that voice does not match you, what you look like. Just assume to have just this huge, bassy voice. Just Yes, oh, I did yeah. assume that. <laughs> uh, but that was wrong, so. <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> been a long time since i actually just chatted to you matt without Tarek involved dude it's true you know Tarek and i were talking about i don't know if you knew this but uh we had a two and a half hour conversation last night i heard we talked on the phone for a very long time Aww, non Uh, and it wasn't a podcast no no no. we we recorded the podcast so uh the power went out yes and we were like well how are we gonna do this so we called each other and then just recorded separate audio files oh my god and then basically we're gonna glue them together and turn it into uh, a podcast through that so getting getting real technical real fast that uh, i will be impressed if that works oh that it's gonna work really hard it'll work because that's how Tarek just uh, recorded the last one he did with kyle that's true yeah i heard him doing that yeah, so it was just we had to we had to work things around a little bit, but it worked out well. Mm. And uh, yeah, yeah, you guys got to chat, and now it's my turn. Well, well, we were talking about it, and I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast or afterwards, but we were talking about the fact that like him and I before this podcast happened, we're not like super close friends in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, like I mean, we were friends, but like. Kind of that, what is it, fair weather friends? Is that the, <laughs> is that the phrase? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's like, a phrase. Like we just weren't, uh, we weren't super close. We text once every like three to four Blue months. Moon. Yeah. Like wasn't very often. Same with you. Like I just, I never stayed in touch with you. And now 
I feel like I talk to you quite regularly yeah. while you're in the background of the house I know. While, while you're just hanging around with the dishes and well yeah but but it's great because i i love the fact that i've now been able to like yeah that we've been able to like reconnect yeah absolutely absolutely and just like a and not like such a formal catch-up it's like oh hey matt yeah. just making supper that's exactly <laughs> hopefully you don't hear this on the podcast <laughs> but now now here we are recording one and it's going to be good and yeah. uh, I suppose I should introduce you now that we're three yep. and a half minutes in. But uh, this is Brittany Williams. She is the wife of uh, Tarek. Uh, Come my, on. Obviously my regular. That's um, my first. That's my first description. Well, I have to explain <laughs> to people so they can relate to you. So yeah. this is Tarek's wife. <laughs> uh, but she's also a good friend of mine. I was friends with her before. I, well, I don't know if yes. I want to, yeah, I would say I was friends yes. with you before I was friends with Tarek. Brittany I think likes so. to win this. <laughs> no, but, I uh, we started at Prairie together, same year. True. So yeah, and I yeah, I suppose I started hanging out with you guys uh, in the Discover program pretty early on, even you did. when we took the way together. Because <laughs> uh, I was hanging out with Mike and Jake, mm-hmm. and uh, and of all people, you know who my first friend at Prairie was. Who? Andy. That is my favorite thing. Different different guy. Uh, Very different, but but, smart, cool. I liked him. He was just, he was just different. Yep. Best way to describe him. Yep. And so that's how I got introduced to the whole group of you guys. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun year, right? And then. It sure was. Yeah. So (laughs) I've known you for. Almost 10 years now, which is weird to think about. Wow. Is that wow. not weird? Yes. It's, I hate it. It's nine We're getting years. old. You're so old. So old, Brittany. But yeah, Prairie does not seem like it was nine years ago. But right? yeah, I went there my first, like I had just graduated. So it was 2008. Wow. Oh, man. See, it's weird to think about because I suppose I just spent so much of the last 10 years there. Or the yes. last nine yeah, years, you I did. should say. Because I did four years, left for a bit, and then worked there for almost three. So basically seven mm. out of the last nine has been spent there. So it's, I mean, it's just such a big part of my life, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So you are now a nurse. I am. And uh, But before we get there, um, I have a few questions. I even wrote down questions for you. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm scared. Also, can I just point out, uh, your family is super photogenic. Uh, <laughs> I saw I saw the fall photos. Uh, yes, and, yeah. Uh, man, do you guys do those like every season? Is that now no. your Christmas card or what? No, we haven't. No, we've never done professional photos. Like, I think once in our life we had a photographer. That was for like a big family reunion. And so just this year we were like, what the heck? We don't have any nice photos other than the random one we take in our living room at Christmas. So we didn't, those, that wasn't even a photographer. I just brought my like little Nikon. It's a decent camera, yeah. but, and I rounded up the family. And and you just had like the timer going or what? Yes. yes. I, set, I set the tripod up. I like picked a decent spot, trying not to like have us be whited out by the sun, except for Tarek. You need, <laughs> you need a little sun on him. So it's hard. It actually was kind of hard to, get the right lighting and um yeah i just set up the tripod and took a few and then we actually got a couple nice ones out of it so oh man i was impressed and <laughs> yeah I mean, photography by b i'm for... gonna call it <laughs> that's so funny that that was just uh <laughs> just on a on a self on a whim and they were all annoyed my dad was so annoyed that he was there <laughs> it was like monday morning thanksgiving jocelyn was my sister was about to leave home for saskatoon they were just like, oh, fine, we'll do this. But it turned out good, and I think we're going to get some printed so they can thank me. Okay, that's going to be Christmas cards, I'm telling you already. I know. But yes, they are photogenic. They're all... Not my dog, though. She'll never look at the camera. It's driving we... me nuts. Was your dog in those photos? Yeah, oh, my yeah, dad's holding her. <laughs> yeah, there we go. See, I'm looking right now. She's, she's always looking like off to the side, and she always looks kind of like sad, depressed. So you got 
mom, dad, sister, grew up in Medicine Hat? Yep. Yeah, I was born in Kelowna, and we moved here shortly after. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, my dad pa- was a pastor at the time. He mm-hmm. still kind of is, I guess. Um, what is a pastor, really? He, uh, <laughs> he uh, yeah, so he came here for ministry, and I think I moved to Medicine Hat when I was two. And other than living in Three Hills, I've lived here so far. Wow. Okay. And it's a good little city. I've I've really enjoyed my I enjoyed my years growing up here, and I being back here now is really nice. I don't know if we'll forever be here, but yeah. Right. Right. No, that's fair. That's fair. And I mean, you guys are also very big into being part of your community as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I know yeah. that in the past, I don't know if you guys are still you guys were like volunteering with like. A youth group and stuff for like yeah. refugees and yeah yeah we we volunteered with it's called samus immigration here in medicine hat and we did the youth for them for a while and we also then after that took on a, a recently immigrated syrian refugee family so there was about six of them a huge family lots of kids and we kind of just i don't know what they called it but it was kind of like a partnership ambassador kind of thing where we would just show them around and work on their English together and we have yeah so we haven't done it for a little bit just because our lives got really busy and we were we were starting to be flaky volunteers so we thought we would bow out until we (laughs) until we had more time kind of thing so okay okay I'm just finishing up school so we've been pretty busy but uh but yeah no we like to we love to be involved here in Medicine Hat Okay, now where does that come from? Because were you like that growing up? Like, were you guys always involved? Obviously, your dad being a pastor, he's most likely going to have a very, like, serving mentality. Um, And typically, I think a lot of the time, like, families just get kind of drug along into that, whether they like it or not. And, I mean, you hope that they like it, but sometimes, you know, I understand what it's like to be a kid. and. You know, you don't always want to do what your parents want you to do or whatever it might be. So was that something you just like grew up going, yeah, I love doing this? Or was it something that grew on you over time? Um, I always like to, I don't know, to dabble in. I always did a little bit of volunteer work. I, in high school, I did like, (laughs) I don't know what you want to call it now, but I ran kind of like the Christian group in high school, which is like so cliche, pastor's daughter. Um, I, I did do that and did some things with like grad and, but not a ton in the community really. I did a lot in high school, but nothing crazy. And I was still the kid that when we were stuck at the church for like an hour after Sunday service, I was dying and just (laughs) pulling on my dad's jacket, like, let's get out of here. I'm (laughs) sick of these people. (laughs) But so it was a healthy combination. I, I think I've always had it in me, but when you're a pastor's kid, you are, around different organizations lots and your out at events lots and yeah I don't know it was good it was really good but marrying Tarek like I think has really brought that out of me because he is funny enough I don't know if you guys have ever talked about this but Tarek is way more social than I am oh my goodness like and I always thought I was an out there like like to be involved kind of person but Tarek is like (laughs) so much more than me on that level like it's wild how much he he could be out every night and i i could not see and that's the interesting thing too right because i think i'm with you i'm probably more introverted than extroverted Mm -hmm. and i think the only way i realized that i was more introverted was being around some heavy extroverts like our friend ben uh who could be around people 24 hours a day and never get sick of it. And I just am like, man, I just need my space. I don't know how you do this. And so it's like, as soon as you start spending a lot of time with people like that, and you realize like, mm, this isn't for me. Yeah, uh, I think you realize like, yeah, no, this is this just isn't who I am. So being an introvert, him being an extrovert, does that like, how, how do you keep up such a good social life? Because I would say you do keep up a pretty good social life. Is that more because of Tarek's initiative than yours? Um, I <laughs> I feel bad. I don't know that I'm actually, an, I think I'm, yeah, I think I'm an introvert that's, that's very good at being extroverted and I do like to be with people. So right. for the most part, we, we do like 
spend a lot of time with friends and we're, we try not to turn people down if we, you know, like we're never the ones to say, oh, we'll stay at home if we have an invite to like go right. somewhere or see somebody. But, um, but it does cause some tension sometimes because I, I do feel like I need those <laughs> nights at home. Absolutely. Well, you guys just lead such busy, busy lives. Like yeah. aside and from I, work, your social commitments in the evenings, you're always gone on the weekends. It feels like. Yes. Yeah. So I think, I don't know if we're more than the average person, but I do feel like it is a huge part of our life and we love that. But for me, like I would love to just have a night on the couch watching Stranger Things and right. like in my pajamas all night. Right. <laughs> and once in, once in a while we get that, but not a ton. So I get a little like ornery when I don't have that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I and get that. I, I work in a job where I am always around people, always doing things for people. Like I'm constantly needed. People always need me at work. So right. like, and I work a lot of evenings and weekends, so I don't have as many evenings to myself as the regular person, I think. So for me, I just, it's even more, it's a little more heightened because of that. Absolutely. So, but, but still we love to be with people and Tarek has, I, I honestly am so impressed with him because People just know him, like people know him everywhere. And he's been in the city for what, like four years, but people are starting to be like, oh, nice to meet you, Brittany. You're, you're Tarek's wife. (laughs) Where it used to be like, it used to be, oh, this is, this is uh, Brittany's husband, right? A little bit of a power shift now. (laughs) Yeah. So it's kind of cool. And everybody that meets him loves him. And I'm like, holy, you are working it, aren't (laughs) you? (laughs) <laughs> Got to make those connections, right? Gotta yeah, make those, and for great. his job too. He, I mean, not that he does it on purpose, but he he is out there at events and doing all sorts right. of things without me as well. So right, right. Yeah. So then, when you now obviously being married, you guys have to go and see each other's families. Uh, I would assume your dad being a pastor and kind of having that public public figure kind of job. Uh, is probably pretty outgoing and pretty social with people. But yeah. would you say your household as a whole is more of kind of that introverted or far more social? Household? Yeah, no, my house is way more introverted. Okay. Way. My parents, my family, yeah. For being a pastor's family, they are, they're not as social as you would think they are. Right. They do it and they like it when they're doing it, but they don't seek it out as as much as maybe the next pastor's family. Um, Tarek's family is huge and loud and extroverted, and I love it. It's just, it's two very different kind of settings. (laughs) No, it's just, it's interesting to see that that's how, like, it almost, you can almost see it come down through kind of the way they grew up, right? Like you're just saying how you guys are a little, like probably on the quieter side than the louder side, and, you know, you'll be social, but not, you know, to an outrageous amount but and then you know Tarek's side where he just i feel like he'll just have a conversation or go, he'll say yes to anything i feel like a yes. lot of the time yes you <laughs> will it doesn't matter if i was like hey i just want to sit at home and like he's like no we should go out i'm like oh you're right i don't want to but let's do it so yeah and Tarek's actually i think maybe even one of the quieter ones in his family so you can imagine that like not that he's loud and obnoxious, but they're like he's got. There's way more um, personalities in his family that are more outgoing than him and more social than him. So really, wow. Yeah. Oh his brother, God. for instance. Uh, who Tanaj? Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Well, I guess yeah. His line of work probably means he has to be social, but yeah. Oh man. Okay. So yeah, it's interesting. Let me ask you this then. I mean, it's kind of funny having this conversation with you because I talk to Tarek every week. um, And so I don't want people who are listening to this to be like, oh my gosh, like enough talking about him. But he's obviously a very big part of your life. Uh, Happens to be the person you're planning on living the rest of your life with until one of you dies. uh, Yeah. And then you can move on, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Just kidding. Tarek, we're kidding, of course. But not really. Um, now I obviously, I I suppose it's funny because I knew both of you really well. Um, but, and I remember 
I think I talked to Terika, but I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast or maybe it's off the air. But I remember when he all of a sudden was like interested in you. Mm-hmm. Um, and like was really considering like dating you. Uh, we mm-hmm. were sitting in a dorm room. It was pitch black in there, except for a computer screen that had <laughs> the Fresh Prince of Bel Air on it. Of course. And yeah. him and I are sitting there alone watching this. And then he just looks at me and goes, you know. And then he just kind of like, he's like, yeah, I'm thinking like I should ask her out. And we got like talking about it a bit. And I was like, well, you don't go for it sort of thing. And... I don't know why he talked to me of all people. It's not like Tarek and I were the best of friends or anything. No. Sure he had closer people to confide in. <laughs> but we talked about it. And then all of a sudden it seemed like it just flourished. And all that of a sudden was... we, were, well, we were locked in. <laughs> and I'm just curious, like, when did you know that he was like the guy you wanted to marry? Was it... Uh... Not, I don't know. I don't remember having like an aha moment. And I don't think it was also, I don't think it was right away either. The clouds didn't break and there was sunshine just gleamed right on him. No, 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 not at all. No, he was, but we never like, things were really good. Like things were good. Like that's why we did not, um, we didn't mess around. We were like, you know what? (laughs) We we don't know each other well, but we're spending all our time together and... You like me, I like you. Like, let's not let's not beat around the bush. We are dating. Like, let's right. just date. Prairie is kind of one of those places where people tell you to just take it super slow and go to the train tracks <laughs> and go for walks and like talk about it till you're true. just true. So exhausted. So we just started dating early. So we didn't um, know each other well, and it took a lot of it took some time to get to know each other. And honestly, I will say our our time at Prairie was. <laughs> was a more stressed relationship because there's just so much going on. I was busy with nursing school, Tarek had basketball, I had soccer. We were just busy and I remember being like grumpy at him a lot or whatever. I was, I don't know. I just remember being, we never saw each other because we were so busy. So it took us a little bit of time to just get in a groove. And then after Prairie, I think is when I really started to think like, huh, this, this is, this could actually be something and we're both working hard at this and it, but it didn't come super easy. We had, we did long distance after Prairie for a few years. Right. So, so yeah, no, I don't remember there being an aha moment, but I think after Prairie is when it got more serious, I would say. For sure. For sure. At Prairie, you're just surrounded by your friends and it's like fun and that's exactly it. You're really busy. So you don't have a lot of like serious conversations. Well, some people do. (laughs) (laughs) Some people Really, yeah, get to it, but... Oh, yeah, good grief. I mean, look at the people who get, you know... And we had people ask us, like, what was wrong? Like, what? (laughs) why weren't we (laughs) engaged? Like, what was the problem? We did date for, I think, like, three or four years, so... Yeah, yeah, it's actually true, yeah, because you had moved away back to Medicine Hat, Mm -hmm. and he was still living in... Calgary. Calgary. That's right. And then and selling air purification systems. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the rainbow. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Some suckers bought it. Actually, was, no, his mom and dad bought it. So. Was, some sucker. <laughs> I was just going to say, do you guys even have one of those in your house? No, uh, I See, was not rich enough to buy one of those. <laughs> no, we oh, don't. That's great. See, <laughs> so... Okay, so you guys did your thing. You're now married. I know yep. one of the things you guys love to do is travel. Yes. And Tarek and I have obviously one of our first episodes we ever did was about travel. Yes. Um, and you guys have gone Never. to a lot of different places. And I want to know what's your favorite place you ever went. Oh, my gosh. Honestly, I will always go back to Latin America. I will always go back to Guatemala, El Salvador when I was in Discover. Yep. I I just have this thing for Latin America. I love the culture. I love the Spanish language. I I'm just a sucker for it. And I I spent more time there with Discover. Right? It was two and a half to three months. We were down there in the area. So I just loved it. Like I love. And maybe it was because I was surrounded with my surrounded by my friends too, and and just having a great time. But there is something about 
Spanish culture and I, I really love it. So then when we did actually go to Peru and Bolivia a couple of years ago to see my, our sponsor child. And that was a different, like it's South America, not central. So it's a little bit, you do notice differences, but there's some similarities as well. So right. honestly, anywhere, anywhere in central and South America, you will, I will be a happy camper. I would go anywhere. That's so interesting because Everyone I know who's gone to, especially, yeah, Central America, says it's like the greatest place on earth. And yet, it's probably one of the more, like, unstable and probably, I don't know that I want to say it's the most dangerous place on earth, but it's definitely not the safest place on earth. Yeah. That's for sure. A couple of those cities, like Guatemala City and Mexico City, are some of the most dangerous cities in the world. (laughs) The drug trafficking and the whatever all else, but... I just, I, and I've gone, I've seen a lot of cultures and I've been taken care of by amazing people all over the world, but there's something about just Latin people. They're very warm and they, especially in um, El Salvador, I actually noticed a difference between Guatemala and El Salvador. Guatemalans are very reserved a little bit and they're, they don't, they don't wear their heart on the, their sleeve like El Salvadorians do. So El Salvador, I, uh, I just loved it. And when I took Spanish in high school, it was actually, my teacher was El Salvadorian. So when really? I talked, yeah, so when I spoke Spanish a little bit, they would actually all say that I had an accent that was similar to theirs. So I was like, oh, I'm in heaven. <laughs> just feel like you're in. Yeah. <laughs> you're part of the culture now? I'm part of them. Okay. But I mean, it was it was not good Spanish, but I was I was making it. Right. Let's get right. by. So... so. I know you guys' next trip is to India. Yes. That's exciting stuff. I'm sure you're thrilled about it. We are thrilled about it. <laughs> uh, what is it about India that you want to go there so bad? Um, well, first of all, we, uh, we've we always been interested in the organization Bridges of Hope because yep. they do a lot of cool things there. They've, just, they've been able to work there even when the country has been shutting out other organizations like Uh, world vision and compassion they're all ousted because they're very much christian and so this organization is kind of um more of like a volunteer non-profit uh no no uh like religious ties really even though they are christian but on the outside there's no religious ties i don't think so um they've been able to stay and they've got a hospital and they've got sponsorship programs and just really neat things so me and Tarek actually wanted to go last year we were um, looking into it last year, but we didn't hear back from anybody in time. And so that's when we went to Thailand and Vietnam. But this year we had a great opportunity and we were like, yes, let's go and see this organization. India to me is a country that, I don't know, it's just, there's so much going on. I know it's one of the poorest in the world. I know that it's one of the dirtiest, you know, like the hottest. There's just so many things going on and I'm sure my senses will be hit like on every you know every sense will be hit like 50 10 weight but um but that's okay because I hear that the culture is amazing I hear that the people are amazing and I'm just excited to see like I I don't know I don't know a ton about India but I will be doing my research before I get there. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I mean, India's a cool place. And when Tarek was saying that, I was pretty fascinated because I find India to be a pretty pretty cool spot. Um, I think it gets kind of forgotten a little bit in regards to kind of places to go and check out. Um, yeah. I, I think the culture is huge, but that also comes from living in Williams Lake where there's a pretty good like Indian population there like I grew up going to school with a lot of guys who were from who were like second generation from India or first generation Canadians I should say like all their parents had immigrated over right and so they um you know so Indian culture was still huge in their households and so yeah you know even going over for lunch or just going and hanging out at their houses. It was, it was something else. And, uh, and just very family oriented as well. And so it's just, yeah, it, it seems like a really neat place to go and check out. Um, obviously did you, did you like Indian food? Did Uh, you eat it with them? Oh, anytime you got invited (laughs) for lunch, you went. And Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I wasn't super <laughs> experimental. Let's put it that way. Yeah. A lot of the time we got invited over, it was for things like samosas or... <laughs> the basics, yeah. Yeah, like some pretty simple curries um, or this stuff called roti. Yep. Which, yeah, you I never, love roti. Oh, my gosh. That Pear's stuff. family makes it a lot. Oh, I could sit there with like an entire stack of that and just go through it. It's just so oh, good. It's how can it not be good? Oh, it's just like so greasy and just like if they <laughs> well, cook you eat it right. It, you eat it with the curries too. Like, did you yeah. eat it plain or did you? Like... No, I mean we used to eat it plain, but we'd also eat it with uh, yeah with different curries and stuff. They'd give you like a little bowl of it and you just kind of dip it in and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, oh man, that stuff is just <laughs> delicious. That's exactly it. Yeah. So, I mean, very minimal. I will not say that I'm just this, like, huge Indian food lover or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, I also don't have, like, a super high tolerance for, like, spiciness. Right. So, like, spicy <laughs> That's some damage. Is, yeah. It just, like, well, on the digestive side, yes. But just <laughs> even on, like, the initial side, like, I don't like when my tongue is burning on fire. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like sriracha is about as far as I will go when it comes to oh know, wow spice on a regular. You basis. draw the line, hey? Yeah, like mm, <laughs> at sriracha. I I think it just a lot of the time what it does is it just kind of like to me it ruins the entire dish itself a lot of the time because all I can focus on is the burning sensation in my mouth. <laughs> so yeah. for me, yeah, it's just like mm, don't like that. Uh, I want to be able to enjoy the flavors and the and the food and stuff like that without yeah. being concerned about how much water I'm pounding back because my mouth is on fire. <laughs> and water doesn't even really help. No, not at all. You need like milk. It's just like, it's more the placebo effect of like, this is clearly doing it's something cool. for me. Yeah, it's cool. And yeah. Yeah. I, I think I've built up a tolerance being married to Tarek because I never used to love spice, but now I'm Does he cook with a sucker. lot of spice? I cook with a lot of spice. Oh, you do? <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, who are we kidding? I can't imagine that Tarek does any cooking in your house. He does. No, you know, he does a little bit, but it's not great. He okay. tries. He tries. He tries. And that's okay because I try to keep my mouth shut because I'm like, you're doing it. Like, yeah. sweet. I will eat whatever this is. Can't complain if he's doing Corn it. Corn, right? beef, and rice. <laughs> your least favorite meal. I know that much. Oh, you should... You should just walk into our house after Tarek has fried up some corned beef. It is like, I don't even know what corned beef is. And it comes from like Brazil in this little like tin can. I'm like, oh, it just smells like a cow that's been dead for weeks and rotting in a pile. And then they just crush it up and put it in a can. But it's probably something you grew up with in Turks and Caicos. Yes. Guarantee so, it. Like, excuse me for like bashing it, but it is just smelly. Now you know your in-laws are going to make you every time corned beef and rice. I don't even think they eat it, to be honest. (laughs) This weird, like, childhood memory Tarek has, but that's okay. The only reason I know that you don't like it is because the one time we were talking and he was eating it. And I was like, what are you eating? He's like, oh, corned beef and rice. Brittany's not home, so I can finally eat this. (laughs) (laughs) So... Yes. So that's I'm the like, only reason I know. <laughs> and make it when I'm gone for like a day so I don't have to smell the after. It's honestly, the after effects are the worst part. The taste <laughs> isn't even terribly bad, but it's like the smell of my house when he fries it up. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, Matt. So then. You should, next time you come down, we'll feed you some. Or Tarek oh, will no feed you chance. some. <laughs> See, here's the thing. I like to think that I'm not a picky eater, but I'm a picky eater. Yeah. And, and that's okay when it comes to those kind of things. <laughs> I'm, I'm cool with experimenting on, on new and, you know, cultural foods. The problem is, is that when someone builds an entire meal around it, and then it's like, you're either in or you're out. Like, yeah. there's there's no option anymore, you know? And so it's like, I, I would far prefer when it comes to cultural foods to have like 10 different, like really small portions that you can try exactly and then go "Mm, didn't like this one love this one you know but you know a lot of the time you get like a full plate of something and you're like here's hoping i like it because if i don't this is going to be a bad night yeah and especially especially when you're in when it's not at your own house yeah does that make sense that changes things yeah because you you feel 
you want to eat those things and you want to like it so you can tell the person that you like it, but yeah. sometimes you just don't. That's why that's why I'm always really hesitant when people invite me over for dinner. Oh, did I ever make you food here? Probably not. Uh, I'm trying I to feel think like, when it came out the last time what we did. We probably I feel went like out. just like, yeah. <laughs> I was pretty lazy, man. <laughs> but, but that was, uh, no, the funniest ever was um, when I was living in Three Hills, this couple, very sweet people, uh, Carrie and Stephanie Willis, they invited <laughs> me and some other people over for dinner and... I was like, well, what can I bring? And they're like, uh, do you want to bring like a Caesar salad? And immediately I should have known what was being served for dinner. But I didn't realize what was happening. Spaghetti? So I show up. I show up. I'm like, here's you guys a Caesar salad. They're like, oh, this is great. <laughs> and then I smell it. And it's <laughs> the one thing I cannot eat. Lasagna. Oh, no. What? I can't eat it. I can't eat it. Can't just don't like it whatsoever. My mom thinks I'm the most ridiculous human ever. Uh, she rolls her eyes every time. I just mm, can't do it. I don't like. I mean, uh, I am shocked. Yeah. So I'm shocked. What don't you like about it? You know, my mom makes it with like forty different kinds of cheese. Not really forty, but like. She puts a bunch of different things in it, and it just doesn't taste good. I don't like ricotta cheese, especially. Um, I don't like the texture of the noodles. Don't ask me what I. All I'm saying is I show up, and other friends were there, Gail and Jared Harfield. Yep. And they know that I'm not a fan of lasagna, so I was like, "Hmm, what's for dinner?" And Stephanie says lasagna, and I look over at Gail, and she is about to burst out laughing. Because the one she knows meal. that it's like, oh, no. <laughs> so we sit down for dinner. I take a piece and I put it down. I was scared I was actually going to like start gagging and like almost throw up at the table. Are you serious? Oh, it's yeah. That I bad. cannot eat it. It's like such a mind thing for me. That yeah, but you should try other people's lasagna because it can be done so differently. But that's the thing. I just. You don't like any of them. It's in your head. It's it's very much in my head. I know it's in my head. Yeah. Uh, but sure enough, I sat down and ate two pieces that night. Uh, I know, wow. right? Shocker. Um, but yeah, no, it's like the one thing I can't can't do in North America, at least. And so, <laughs> let alone that, and then going and see that's what I mean. You go to someone's house, you got to eat whatever they serve you. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I hope every time that they aren't <laughs> serving lasagna. That and then is it's like, so funny. That I, shocks me. It really does. Because honestly, my I really think lasagna is one of my favorite meals. My mom asked me what sh what she wanted me to make for her birthday, or what she could make for my birthday last year, and it was lasagna. It is. How can you go wrong with noodles and cheese? And <laughs> oh, mm -mm. oh my gosh! No, not this guy. Did I ever tell you that uh, there was one time when lasagna was being served for a wedding rehearsal dinner? That I was part of the wedding You're party. You're like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> and I lied to the groom's parents and told them that I was unfortunately lactose intolerant. Oh, and so I, I just was eating Caesar salad and garlic bread. And they're like, oh, Matt, why don't you have... And I was like, oh, you know, lactose intolerance as I'm eating this like Parmesan cheese <laughs> yeah. Caesar salad. And they're like, oh, I'm yeah. so sorry. They're like, can we go and get you anything else? I was like, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. But I just was like... <laughs> Not willing to come to the fact that, like, I wasn't willing to people, tell them that I can't eat it. Yeah, because people would be confused. That's not exactly. a, that's not normally a meal that people and detest. It's, it's such a common, like, guests are coming for dinner dish. Yeah. Because yeah. it's it's an easy one to make large quantities of. It's like spaghetti. Yeah. And yeah. you're right. How many people dislike lasagna? This guy oh. and probably this guy alone. That is funny. I will keep that in mind for the and next so, time. <laughs> To not make it. <laughs> I'm, I'm supposed to go and have dinner with some friends, like, probably in the next couple of weeks. And sure enough, that was one of the things he did ask. He's like, is there anything you won't eat? And I was like, oh, thank you for asking. Like, yeah. I appreciate that. That's hilarious. I am not, I have no meals that I am like, I just, I love to eat. I love all food. Oh, uh, yeah, no. Not I even just, one thing that I can't eat. Nothing. Except olives. Olives. Wait, green or black or both? All of them. All of them. 
See, All of them. And my buddy Balmer, <laughs> my buddy Balmer can take like the big jar from Costco that has like garlic stuffed olives and just sit there and eat them out of the yeah. jar. Balmer. I love Balmer. his name. That's his last name. Like lip balm. Yeah, I know. I've heard you talk about <laughs> oh. him. I love the way you say it. Balmer. <laughs> well, because there are people who will say it like a bomber, like he's bombing. Yeah. yeah. But there's an L. There's an L. Yep. And an A. Good for him, though. I, I can't hack those things. I hate them. Yep. But that's the only thing. Honestly, I really like all food. <laughs> well, and that's good for you guys' like world traveling mentality. Because yeah. yeah. you obviously have to go different places. Like even, Could you imagine if you didn't like food from Turks and Caicos? Like, <laughs> well, you'd be dead in the water going down be- there. I would, but Turks is a different, Turks is very westernized and it's like American food plus like a little bit like if you want to get like fried conch or whatever, which is like the, um, what is it? It's like a, not a sea urchin, but it's a, uh, it's like, Uh, I'm looking it up right now. It's like, well, conch, conch shell is like the big thing that you blow on. It's like a big shell. It makes a noise. You know what I'm Fried talking conch. about? Fried look- conch. So oh, inside, man, this looks so good. So inside that huge shell is this like meat. It's like a. Ooh. I don't know. Anyways, and you they do it up in all sorts of ways. Like they do fritters and they do soup and they do like it on salads and it is so good. Oh, this looks so delicious right now. Yeah. If you guys look it up, it's the conch is spelled C O N C H. Yeah. And what is it? What's the description of it? Like, what do they call the? Oh, I'm not looking at. I'm just looking at the images and oh, realizing okay. that this, it reminds me of like calamari, to be honest. Yes, yes. That's what it. That's the texture too, and that's the taste oh, as well. Oh my gosh! See, that's the thing. If I went down there, I would die because that's all I would probably eat. So I'd all <laughs> just be consuming nothing but fried food. But like, yeah, conch and fish are kind of like the the great things to eat in Turks and Caicos, but you can get any kind of like, you can get burgers or nachos or whatever. Right, it's right. not, it's pretty I don't know. In, in regards yeah. to its cuisine and stuff, but I'm sure there's also like that, Caribbean. that really strong, like, yeah. Cultural distinction as well. Like when you guys go yeah. and see Tarek's family down there, yep. you know, his cousins and his aunts and uncles and stuff like that. Like, I'm sure they cook you up some sort of like ethnic food to kind of yeah. Turks and Caicos culture. Yeah, well, it's a lot of like Caribbean foods, right? So you've got like your your uh, peas and rice and your macaroni, like baked macaroni, those kind of things. So it's nothing wild, like crazy out there, but it's it's kind of Caribbean flair. So it's delicious. Right. <laughs> I would I would gain so much weight if I stayed there indefinitely. So <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> Okay, so we've talked about where you're going next. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know from your perspective, where are some of the places that you still want to go um, in the next, say, like three to five years? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, funny enough, I should say Europe because I know it's not a country, but I want to go no, no, to. No, no, but it's a place that you want to go. I've never been to Europe. I've literally flown past it many times but never even one layover anywhere in Europe um and Tarek's traveled it extensively I think three times now he's been to different parts of Europe um and one time it was backpacking with the boys so he like really saw a lot of those countries so I'm totally in the dark when it comes to all of all of Europe um I should say that I want to go there and I do but I'm a sucker for <laughs> the places that people don't go. I'm a sucker right. for like, I know the history and the, I know there's beautiful things to see in mm-hmm. Europe and I do want to go one day, but I, I look forward to going to, um, well, back down to Central America so I right. can see, see more of, I don't know, like Honduras and Panama kind of down there. And I would Absolutely. love to go to Brazil down in South America, yeah. but then even there's some Middle Eastern countries that I'm very interested in. Like I would what? Love, I would like, love are we talking to to... like Iran and Iraq? No. Well, you know, if it wasn't, so, I would never go there, obviously, right now. But, you know, the people, even Syria, like, I, it's a mess. But, like, the cultures, I know, they get such a bad rap because the cultures 
of Middle Eastern people are actually truly amazing and they're they're wonderful people. Those countries will not be traveled for probably years because they're so so dangerous and Syria is probably like right. I mean it's a mess right now. But no, Jordan, um, I really would like to see Petra. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> Isn't that like the greatest thing on earth? I just it's I can't believe coolest. that doesn't get more publicity right like that's gotta be I don't understand how that isn't shown I don't know. I, I don't know how to describe it. I just feel yeah. like that's got to get more credit that you built these beautiful architectural cities in the rock. Oh, my goodness. Like, I hope that they teach that in mm-hmm. like engineering or architecture classes or something. Of how because, these people did this. <laughs> oh, man, that has got to be the most beautiful thing on earth to me. Yeah. Yeah. I would I would love to go there. Um and just to, to experience Middle Eastern culture, I think, would be really cool. Uh, Egypt, obviously, that's in Africa, but Egypt is yeah, a place still, that I've... Yeah. And, and other parts of Africa, like I did that missions trip, or mm-hmm. like the, the nursing clinical. Yep. I went to Mozambique, Africa, and uh, it was awesome. And I, me and Tarek would love to go back to a different country in Africa, maybe do <laughs> a safari, because I never got to do one. Right. There was a there was a war there was a, a civil war in Mozambique and a lot of their animals got slaughtered in the process so there was no wild the barely any wildlife in Mozambique no safaris and <laughs> so I'd like to go back for that but yeah Egypt Jordan and then uh, more of Latin America is okay. those are those are the top of my list okay so more like non Western. Yeah, sort of places is what you're looking for, and and that's yeah. fair. I I think there's definitely something to be said about those places because you can always see your friends' pictures of you know Europe or, um, yeah, Europe's a, a great example of that, right? Like these Western mm. civilizations where like you kind of already know what you're going into for the most part. Like yeah, there's going to be yeah. some cultural differences. Yeah, there's going to be you know some some history and some monuments and stuff, but yeah, you know. And, and those things, for... yeah, for seeing something that people don't often get to see Absolutely. or being, yeah. And I know I'm not discounting Europe. I know that probably once I'm there, I'll just absolutely love it. I'm, my family is mostly German, so I would love to go to Germany one day and kind of, I think I've got like one great aunt there still. And yeah, <laughs> I'd yeah. love to just see the the parts of Germany that my grandparents lived in and kind of just retrace their steps a little bit and for sure yeah and eastern europe i think is uh, also where i would like to, you know it's a little cheaper the the countries are a little i don't know easier to easier to get around you're not paying as much to Absolutely. stay and travel between them so yeah and there's there's definitely some rich history even out there too right like yes that that can't be discounted either um see the only place that like there's four cities i've always wanted to go to Okay, let's New York, hear. New York City. Yep. Uh, Las Vegas, as silly as that mm. sounds. Mm-hmm. No, um, it's not silly. Paris and Dubai. Oh. I've always wanted to go to Dubai. Dubai is probably the one that, I mean, I hope I get there one day. Yeah. But I also probably need like hundreds of millions of dollars to really enjoy myself there. Oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> probably, but it just you seems, never know. <laughs> it just seems so outrageous that these people made this just lavish city in the middle of the sand. Yes, like right. That's the true power of money, right there. Yeah, it's like, just a hot spot. It's oh, like that's billions oh. of dollars, ladies and gentlemen, in the middle of the desert that turned it into probably one of the more modern cities in the world. Yeah, it's and, like I said, oh. it is the place. There's so much money rolling through that area. Oh my gosh, they've got, they have. I'm, I'm sure there are trillionaires in, in. Oh my goodness. The Middle East, like Saudi Arabia, those, those oil, yeah, oil. I don't know what you want to call them. They're like sheiks and everything else over there. <laughs> they're. I I can't imagine what they have for cash. They probably laugh yeah. at a guy like Bill Gates though. So. <laughs> I, I can't imagine that they would ever want to have Bill Gates network. So you just want to go and like chill on the beach. You know, they're very strict in Dubai. 
About you what? Can't, uh, about like, say if you went with like a significant other, like I don't think you can hold hands. I don't think you can do any of that in public. Like women have to be, women can't wear bathing suits at the beach. Like, see, yeah, it's, you're telling me problems that I don't have to worry about. <laughs> I know, I know. I don't have the significant other. As I was, I'm not a as woman. I was saying it, I'm like, uh, this does not apply. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. I can do it's, whatever it's I scary. want. It's super strict. I don't know. Like you can get in trouble for like very minuscule things there, but well, see, and that's what I kind of wonder about because I feel like in the city of Dubai, it's got to be different than the rest of the United Arab Emirates, or you know, I just feel like there's no way that all these like big money Westerners go out there with this idea that they're going to be like super restricted into um, this patriarch way of life and women are going to be super. I just, I mean, maybe I, it's true. Maybe it's true. I, I know nothing about it. Really, I should. Yeah. But. I shouldn't speak because I haven't actually researched it, but I just know that I traveled with a girl last year. We were in Asia together and she was from Dubai. Right. And she said that she, she yeah, you had to be very careful. Like, she was had a boyfriend at the time, and she they got hauled off for like holding hands or something, and had to oh like her gosh. dad had to come get her. See, that's the- that's definitely scary, and and I won't discount like this person's kind of like explanation of what it's like because you're probably very right. I just think, man, like people are going there, so there must be something awesome about it. <laughs> it's just crazy to think that it's like I said, it's got to be one of the most modern cities in the world. Yeah, and yet it uh, and yet it still lives by this like archaic way of life. In, yeah. in regards to like political philosophy. Yeah, and it's well, it's religion too, and it's absolutely. Yeah, it's a, probably a combination, but yeah, no, that would be really cool. I I would totally go to Dubai Did if I. You? Yeah, you can... I, There's there's not many places I would say no to. Yeah, except that's... North Korea. Except, really? And you Russia. wouldn't go to North Korea? Oh, Russia man. and North Korea, I don't want to go. You ever. don't? Oh my gosh, I would go to Russia in a heartbeat. Yeah? Oh yeah. I want to, not only do I want to go and check out places like Moscow and St. Petersburg, but I want to go and check out like the countryside of Russia. You know, yeah. you see the size of Russia and you see everything is over on like the tiny little chunk of like the top western corner of it. And yeah. it's like, what's all going over in the east there? I want to know what's <laughs> happening over there. I want to do some backpacking. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's probably very similar to Canada, actually. And I know that they have, like, bears and forested areas and stuff like that. But could you imagine, yeah. like, camping yeah. in Russia? No. That would be awesome. I would never want to. I'd be so cold. North, North Korea is a different one, though. North Korea, that's straight up scary yeah uh mainly because of like people i've heard like just listening to podcasts and documentaries and stuff about people who've gone there and how like just imprisoned the people are even though they're not actually imprisoned yeah you know and how they've built this culture of almost like telling on each other Right. So if you said something bad about North Korea and we were both North Koreans, I would go and tell a government official that you said something bad and it gets you put away in a labor camp or whatever and it makes me look good. And it's just like, that's just like narc mentality and I can't respect that. Yeah, it's a scary place. I watched a documentary on it recently about uh, the half-brother of Kim Jong-un. And yep. how he was assassinated in an airport in Indonesia because he was speaking poorly about uh, his brother, his half brother, and they can't a hundred percent tie the killing to North Korea, but two girls attacked him in an airport with a chemical weapon with a some they had a cloth and there was a some sort of nasty like anyways it's illegal I forget what it was called like X Y or something it's something weird. And he, it was a neurological agent, and he was dead within the hour. And uh, and they they watched the the security footage and the cameras around the airport, and they could see that while this was happening, um, there was some men around that they knew were North Koreans. And yeah, he was assassinated just like that for 
for speaking bad about his brother from China. He didn't even live in North Korea. He was living in China at the time. So, so messed up. So messed up. And things that are like <laughs> chemical weapons, they're illegal. You can't be manufacturing them. And I'm pretty sure they are. So, okay. anyways. Going from North Korea, we're going to really change gears here. Uh, yeah. Because I want to talk about this before we wrap this up. Uh, yeah. Is your life as a nurse. Yeah. So My life as a nurse. North Korea nursing, clearly a strong <laughs> connection here. There's no transition <laughs> there, but that is okay. Uh, I want to know, what was it about nursing that made you want to be a nurse? Yeah, good question. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I was never the person that grew up wanting to be a nurse. I didn't really... I wasn't, some people I know just always knew, and I did not. Um, I knew that I really loved people, and I really loved to help people. And I remember there was one moment that uh, I was a cashier at co-op, and I was bringing this old man through, and he was sick, and he was he looked really ill, and he was telling me about his life. And I remember bringing his groceries through and thinking, man, like, I I need a job where I can be closer to these kinds of people, that I can be there for these kinds of people that are just struggling, they're in pain, they're suffering, they're vulnerable. I just, I need a job that I can not just be ringing their groceries through. And so that was my first thought, like nursing maybe. And then Prairie had the LPN program and it was a great way for me to do two years. I wasn't super sure. So I did those two years and kind of got out in the field as an LPN in two years. And I've really, it's been an up and down kind of journey for me. I've hated it a lot of times. And then I've really loved it other days. So right now I'm in a good place. I think that I've become a really good nurse and I really like what I do. I like my job. I like my like coworkers. And yeah, every day I, I get to be that person for somebody. I get to be that comfort or that like reassuring voice or just that like actual physical care. And I don't want to get all like cliche and (laughs) like sappy, but I really feel like as a Christian, um, I really feel that some days like I am literally like literally the hands and feet of God, of Jesus, of actually like caring for people in their dying moments and giving them comfort and and I really just, I think it's a great opportunity. And I'm i am actually very grateful for for my job, even though some days it's, it's very, it's hard. What you see and what you do, sometimes it's really gross. And, uh, but all of, all of the good moments and all of those moments where I know for certain that I made a difference, um, it all kind of makes it worth it. So yeah, I, I do love it. I really do love it. And now finishing up my RN program here, I'm excited to kind of take that to the next level and see what other opportunities are out there for me as a as a registered nurse. So Yeah, and that's like that's kind of the cool part about it, right? Is that you can then take that with you as you guys do your traveling. Yeah. And kind of utilize it within within whichever culture you go to, right? Everyone needs a nurse. Like yeah. no one's ever going to say, ah, we'll pass on Western medicine. Thanks. <laughs> like, yeah, real. Uh, that doesn't uh, happen. Okay. <laughs> no, not often, I guess. <laughs> so no, that's, that's a great skill. Right. And you know, don't say the whole cliche thing because cliches are a cliche for a reason. Yeah. But no, I... yeah. Cause, Cause a lot of people think that same way. Right. Yeah. And so, I, I do, I have moments where I'm just like, I, I will be in with somebody and they might be really, they might be dying. Like I know that there's not much time left. And I have truly, I've had conversations with people about God and about like, what's, what's next in those honestly final hours. And that's an opportunity that not a lot of people get. Yeah. And I've had really amazing conversations and I've been praying for people as I, like just do personal care with them because I know like I know that they're not long for this world and so to have to be that person that's there is like a yeah it's an honor I think and I I take it seriously yeah, yeah. so <laughs> so now you're almost done your RN uh that's exciting stuff man that's finally really cool Ugh. 
<laughs> I feel like um, I've been doing homework for years. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who I talked to that did the nursing program. And we were discussing the bridging side of things. And I said, everyone I know who's done it loves it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, no, it's just... I wouldn't say thing. love. Well, <laughs> I just more mean, I mean, you're getting through it, though. Yes. And, and it's a good... Done. It's set up well for LPNs to continue to work and to do school. It's a hard go doing both. But it's it's given me an opportunity to not go back to school in, like, the formal sense Right. And to keep making money and to still travel because I'm not in debt. And yeah, it's been really good. So absolutely. I am. I'm in my last class right now. Wow. Halfway what, through. Well, that's exciting. And then do you have any more practicums or are you all done that side of things? Yeah. No, I've got a community clinical coming up in November. Mental health in the in the winter. And then I'm my spring is just like the very final. So it's not quite over but it's no more classes but they're more the, yeah it's there. the clinical that's left and i can do that easily so oh, that's awesome that's exciting yeah. dude well thank you very much for coming on and doing this with me you're very welcome uh, especially because someone was not so thrilled about doing this just a couple days ago me yeah you were all oh, what do you want me to be on there for well i just i'm like you want to talk to me for an hour what are we gonna Absolutely. say but it's I'm looking at the time right now. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, see how quick this goes by? And it wasn't like this awkward, jagged conversation. See, no. People... And maybe, it, is it is it always? Or is it because we know each other? Or is it never awkward with you? Uh, I mean, I'd like to think that it's never awkward with me. But <laughs> maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe people yeah. are like, oh my gosh, Matt. This is so painful. <laughs> I mean. No, I think you've got a way. I just. Good. I tried to explain it. So I have a friend who I've been trying to get on here for, you know, over a month now. And they are kind of self-conscious in the same way. They're like, oh, like, I just don't feel like, you know, I have nothing to say. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. You don't have to prepare anything to say. I am great at just BSing with people for an <laughs> hour or two. I can sit and talk to people all friggin' day. Like, I am built for the radio. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you do. You got a good voice for it. You are like, there's no awkward pauses. Even when I listen to you guys' podcasts, you guys. Well, that's the thing. You got, a good, I, got a good flow. And and I like to just have conversations with people. Hence why I've been doing this series is just to have, you know, conversations with people and, and share the life of, you know, Brittany Williams uh, mm -hmm. with the world that wants to listen to it. And um, and I hope that even your friends and family, as they listen to this, get something from it. They're like, oh, man, I had no idea about that. Oh, that's I never so asked cool. her those questions. No. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And maybe it sparks new conversations, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe your, your friends go, wow, I had no idea you loved Latin culture so much. Let's <laughs> have uh, tacos tonight. Taco night. Yeah. Exactly. I'd be totally okay with that. See? You're welcome, whoever that friend is. That That's so you basic, though. All the basic girls like tacos. <laughs> I know. It was also tacos like you say. The, the, the most simple thing I could think of from Latin culture. It's very ignorant, I'm sure. But uh, anyways, thanks so much for doing this with me. You're welcome. Um, I hope that we have more conversations. And oh, also, you're going to be joining us soon on our regular podcast. For Riverdale? Um, nope. Well, I mean, you can join us for that anytime. Feel free to okay. jump in. Uh, this may not have aired, actually, by the time... I'm trying to think. By the time you come on, because our good friend Mike Gordon's going to come on. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. When? Uh, he's on... Let me just look up the old calendar here real quick. Uh, that kid has done some cool things with his life. Right? Yeah. And... He's on on November 6th. So awesome. this will definitely... Mike Gordon will have aired by the time this comes out. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, lady. You're... I'm you're way like, down the road. <laughs> oh, this is, this is going to air, like, probably mid-November. <laughs> okay. So, oh. I'm all right with that. Okay. Here we go. Real quick, for the people, since this will be, like, mid-November... Favorite Christmas song? 
because it'll kind of be in that time where people can start listening to Christmas music. They'll be, you know, getting into all that crap. Ugh. I don't even, I can't even freaking think of one right now. Are you not? I really, are you a big Christmas music person, though? I feel like you are. I you am, gotta yeah. be that girl. I but I can't. Well, me and Tarek both really like Mary Did You Know. We yes. like, we belted out in our house. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a million other ones that I like. I just can't think of their names right okay. now. Best Christmas album that people should be oh. either buying or downloading illegally. Yeah. Uh, to listen to this holiday season. It's not super traditional, but I really love Sarah McLaughlin Winter Song. Yes. Haunting. Haunting. Ha- hauntingly beautiful. Yep. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, folks, uh, have yourself a wonderful day. And this was Brittany Williams. Bye, everybody. Bye.